What would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? If you had all the money, all the time, all the knowledge, all the resources that you needed? What would you do with your life if you simply knew that anything was possible for you? My name is Christina Carlson, founder of Global Swedish Design and stationery brand Kiki K, and author of the book Your Dream Life Starts Here. And I love exploring these sorts of questions to inspire people to dream. Before I started Kiki K, I had a dream that I could bring Swedish design to the world to create beautiful products that bring sparks of joy into the everyday lives of millions. Now that I have achieved that dream, I want to help you dream big. I want to create a global movement to inspire 101 million dreamers to transform their lives and transform the world in return. Each episode, I'll be talking to some of the world's most inspiring people, exploring the powerful impact that dreaming has had on their lives. We'll be diving deep into the power of dreaming with real insights and ideas that you can use immediately to build a dream life of your own, whatever that means for you. Before we jump in, I just want to let you know that the door to my online course, Your Dream Life Starts Here, are now open. And by the time of recording this episode, it's a new quarter. And if you know me, I love a new quarter as much as I love a new year. This is the perfect time to reset and rethink what you want to do with your life. With so many of us dealing with challenging times right now, now is the perfect time to pause and stop and dream about what your dream life could look like. This course is for you if you might be worried about what others may think of you or how your dreams could affect them. So many of us are worrying about what other people think. The course is also for you if you have a niggling fear of having to start all over again, or maybe you have no idea what your dream life could even look like. And despite of all these objections, your dream life is still possible. Whether you're looking for completely reinvent your life, put some new daily habits into practice, take the project you always wanted to start and make it happen, or make a big life transition like starting a whole new career or start your own business, then you don't want to miss this transformative course. Through six powerful modules, I will guide you step-by-step on how to take your dreams and turn them into reality. Hint, it's not as impossible as you may think, but it does take grit, accountability, and a clear action plan, all of which this course is designed to help you do. This course will offer you purpose. There is no greater feeling than a sense of knowing your purpose in life. Clarity, clarity on your dreams and exactly what your dream lives could look like. Support from me and other dreamers. It helps immensely to have the right support when you're putting your dreams into action. Connection, when you are connected to a community of like-minded people, you start to believe you can and then you do. And it's here that your life starts to change. Self-confidence, knowing that you have the power to put your dreams into action. Energy, when you are living a life aligned to your dreams, you'll be amazed at the renewed sense of energy that you will have. 
In the course, you will receive access to six powerful modules that will take you through step-by-step on how to create your dream life, 47 videos, a downloadable dreamers workbook, daily emails from me to keep you motivated and on track for the first six weeks, weekly exclusive online group session with me and other dreamers, entry to a private Facebook group where you can connect with me, get support and be inspired by your fellow dreamers, 12 months unlimited access to the course content, access to a surprise guest that will no doubt inspire you to live your dream life. This course will give you an opportunity to transform your life. The course starts on Monday the 18th of October 2021. I hope you will join me. Hi there and welcome back to another inspiring episode. This week's episode is all about making it happen and manifesting the life of your dreams. And I'm talking to the very inspiring Jordana Levine. Jordana is a trained journalist, conscious cook, event facilitator, podcast host, wellness and spirituality blogger, yoga teacher, editor and a best-selling author. Jordana loves tarot, crystals, and the lunar cycle, but is also a sucker for schedules, practicality, and a good old-fashioned list. And in this episode, we are talking about spiritual concepts and making them digestible, relatable, and applicable to you so you can make it happen and manifest the life of your dreams. It's such an inspiring episode that I know you will get so much out of. I can't wait to hear what you will manifest in your own life after listening to this. So let's get right into it. Hi, Jordana, and welcome. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Before we get into this very inspiring conversation, I would love to know if you had a dream as a kid, was there something you wanted to become or be or do? Yes, there were two things and both of them mortified my mother. The first thing I wanted to be was a mechanic, a car mechanic. I don't know why, but I spoke about it a lot and I was really interested in how the car worked. And then the second thing as I got a little bit older is I wanted to be a weather presenter. I was always fascinated by the weather and I wanted to be on television. <laughs> I didn't live up to any of those dreams. <laughs> No, probably not. But, you know, there's probably quite a lot of influences. You, you present perhaps not on television, but in, in other ways. And, this is true. Yeah. And you've, um, you're fascinated by the weather before recording. We talked about. We did talk about the weather. <laughs> I talk about it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I can so relate to that. But let's dive in. I absolutely loved your book, Make It Happen, Manifest the Life of Your Dreams. So uh, for anyone listening knows that I'm all about inspiring people to live their dream life. But I also, and I don't talk about this a lot, but I do love manifestation and I love the thought behind making our dreams coming true. And that's what I do a lot in my course. But I would love to hear how you kind of got started. Obviously, the intro would have explained lots of your journey, but I'd love for you to just share a little bit about how you got into this fascinating topic. It's an interesting one and I've contemplated it a lot since I wrote the book because I feel like I've always sort of known this stuff. I grew up in quite a spiritual household. We spoke about the universe a lot. We always followed the lunar cycle. I think the lunar cycle probably was my entry into manifestation, working with the different phases of the moon. But 
the reason that Make It Happen came to be and the particular manifestation equation that I talk about in that book, it actually came from a series of incidents in my life where things were really not going to plan. I was in a toxic relationship. I had a lot of toxicity at the job that I had and the previous jobs before it. And I kind of took a step back from my life and had a look around and I thought, you know what? I actually think you're subconsciously making everything in your life happen. And if you can make all of this negative stuff occur, then it's probably likely that you can make some pretty amazing things happen as well. So I kind of started to break it down a little bit and I realized that there was a really, really clear formula to everything that was happening in my life, whether it was good or bad. And that's when manifestation really became the focus of not just my book, but also a lot of the other work that I do. Mm, I love that. And for anyone who is new to the manifestation, let's start with the basics. What is manifestation? And I would love for you also to explain in your book, you explain that really well, the manifestation equation. Yeah. So in its simplest form, manifestation really is about taking ownership and responsibility for a future that you desire and realizing that you have just as much say in how your life turns out as chance does. And the manifestation equation basically goes like this, thoughts plus feelings plus actions plus faith equals successful manifestation. And it's when you have all four parts of that equation working together that manifestation becomes really easeful. And I think a lot of the teachings that we've heard about or read about when it comes to manifestation doesn't take that whole equation in. They very much focus on this idea of, you know, positive thoughts create a positive outcome, negative thoughts create a negative outcome. Or you hear people say a lot, you know, just feel the good feels and everything will come true. But it's actually a combination of aligning your thoughts and your feelings and the actions that you take in this world with what it is that you want to create in your life. I could not agree more. I guess I love to explore limiting beliefs. So you talk about faith, which is the last one where you need to have faith that it will happen. And the people who come into my community and doing my course, a lot of people, probably the majority of people who are thinking about my course have self-doubt and limiting beliefs. So how do you manifest then if you have limiting beliefs? And also, how do we actually overcome them? I love your thoughts on that. Well, I think first of all, it's recognizing that your level of self-worth is directly correlated with your ability to manifest. So the areas in your life where you do feel limited, where you don't believe in yourself, where your self-worth is low, where you don't feel deserving, you're going to find it really hard to manifest in those areas of your life. And the areas of your life where you do have high levels of self-worth and you do believe in yourself, you'll find that manifestation becomes really easeful. And I think sometimes just having the recognition of that and realizing where our beliefs do limit us, it's almost enough to flip the story. I think what people need to understand about their belief systems is that a belief is formed purely when we have the same thought over and over and over again until we believe it to be true. But that doesn't mean that it actually is true because about 85% of our thoughts aren't true. 
And they're just repeats of the thoughts that we had the day before and the day before that and the day before that. So having the recognition of that is sometimes enough to break free from that limiting belief pattern. Yeah, absolutely. It's so interesting because a lot of people who come and to do my course, they talk about wanting to either start a side hustle or starting their own business, but actually don't believe it. And I'm like, absolutely, like it's absolutely possible. And especially if people have family members or friends around them that actually then say the same that, you know, they don't believe it, that that person can do it. And that's often based on their limiting beliefs. So it's it's so important to be around people who actually have the same thoughts. What's your thoughts on that in terms of the belief system and believing in that anything is possible? Yeah. Lacey Phillips, who's a big teacher of manifestation, she talks about expanders and surrounding yourself with people and environments that support your intentions. And when we can do that, not only are we setting ourselves up to basically have more belief in ourselves, but we're also kind of changing our vibrational frequency simply by being around similar vibrations. I believe that to be true for sure. Yeah. When you are surrounded by people, I have a book club now and we all have the same interest in personal growth. And I think when you have the same energy and the same intentions and the same interest, you just just take that to another level versus, you know, questioning your beliefs. So yeah, absolutely love that. I go for a walk every morning and I was listening to the audio version of your book and I just, just to get me in the mood and I had just so many ideas, which was great. So thank you for that first. <laughs> but I, I, <laughs> I listened to the chapter about setting attention and you talk quite a lot about that. So I would love for you to share to our listeners, how do we set intention and how do we then go about making that happen? Look, when we're trying to manifest something in our life, it's really important to have clarity around what it is. And I think if we're just kind of like having thoughts about what we want to sort of create for our future, it's not really enough. We need to get super specific about it in certain ways and have clarity around what it is. And I think writing intentions is the easiest way to do that. So the way that I describe it in the book is if you can set a really clear intention, it's really easy then to set up the manifestation equation to work in line with that intention. So you can do this tonight at home when you're listening to this. I like to set intentions with the lunar cycle. I set them on the new moon, but you can set them whenever you want. And there's a few guidelines that I outline in the book, but I'll run you through them really quickly here. We like to write intentions in the present tense because what that does is it starts to set an energy and a vibration around the intention as if it is already real as if it already exists. So this is like a really beautiful and clear language that you have with the universe that this thing that you want to create is actually already being created. So writing it in the present tense, keeping your language around it really positive and also keeping it potent. So like one to two sentences. I say in the book, you know, The universe doesn't want to hear you waffle on for paragraphs about what it is you want to create. Like just get really short and sharp and to the point. The next thing you want to do is focus on how you want to feel. That's really important. The feelings that you will create when this thing manifests. If you know what those feelings are, you can start to feel them right now in this present moment before this thing has even come into fruition. And then one of the other things I say is, 
don't worry too much about the specifics of when it's going to happen, where it's going to happen, why it would happen, and just focus on that feeling and the clarity of the direction of that energy. And then what we can do with that is we start to apply the equation to it. We can say, are my thoughts aligned with this intention or are my thoughts actually limiting me and getting me further away from what it is I want to create? Can I feel the feelings now that I want to feel when that intention manifests? Can I take inspired action towards that manifestation? So what am I doing? How am I taking responsibility to get one step closer? And then lastly, looking at the faith piece and saying, do I believe this to be true? Can I trust in myself and something greater than me? And knowing that if this intention doesn't manifest, it's not because I'm not worthy of it. It's because something better is on the way. That's a great one. Thank you for sharing that. Considering the times right now, so the time of recording, most of us are in lockdown and have been for a long time. (laughs) But regardless of lockdowns or whatever, you know, we all have challenges coming our way, regardless of how amazing our lives are. We actually don't have that feeling. So for a lot of people right now, they're feeling, you know, a little bit down and perhaps out of control and just not feeling it. So how do we kind of then go from wanting to feel it and so we can manifest what we want I think fake it till you make it is a really good adage to live by in circumstances like this I think you know if you're trying to manifest love and you are finding it really hard to tap into those feelings right now in the moment how can you conjure up that feeling of love it might be watching a romantic movie. It might be reminiscing about a love from the past. It might be writing a love poem. It might be spending time with a child or a pet, like just kind of getting inventive about the ways that we tap into feelings. And, you know, I do believe that even if we have never experienced a feeling before in our life, or we're finding it hard to grasp onto certain feelings, we do actually have the potential to access all feelings from deep inside of us, whether we've experienced them or not. So really believing in that and trusting in that. And I think innately, we all know how to feel a wide spectrum of feelings. Yeah. And I think that's also apply, obviously, to the other way around. So a lot of people right now are watching the news and, you know, are addicted to all the negativity. So so actually removing ourselves from that as well will also make an impact because I find that, you know, I listen to books and podcasts and all the things inspiring over and over again to kind of really get that into, feel inspired as for me to, because I'm going through some really challenging business issues right now and I could completely absorb myself in that or I can just say okay I'm going to spend a little bit of time on that but then the rest I'm going to think about my future and think about all the amazing things that I can create so it's so important to not be addicted to that. There's a book by journalist Julia Bard called Phosphorescence. Have you have you no, read that I book? Haven't. It's fantastic. I highly recommend it. Basically, she talks about the wonder of awe, of seeking awe in our lives. And when we're in really dark moments, whether it's like uh, the darkness of grief or depression or anxiety, or we're just finding it hard to access feelings like joy and happiness, which I think a lot of people can relate to at the moment, she suggests going to seek awe 
in everyday life. So you can be awe inspired by something outside in nature, something as simple as a bumblebee, you know, sitting on a flower, something as simple as leaves falling from the trees, whatever it might be, whales in the ocean, something that inspires awe within you. And it's a lot easier to access the feeling of awe from a place of grief or depression than it is to access a feeling like joy or happiness or elation. But once you get to awe, getting to joy is a much easier step. So if people are feeling that, yeah, like taking yourself away from social media, taking yourself away from the news and going outside and seeking awe. Love that. I often go on a walk and I often think about all the things I'm grateful for, things that we actually take for granted. Like once I I had an injury in my foot and I couldn't properly walk like long walks for like a year. And every day I was like, I'm so grateful for my legs and my feet because walking for me is not just the exercise, it's my mental mental health as well. And um, I often think about what I'm grateful for. And the other day I was sharing with my book club that I was grateful for my contact lenses. <laughs> and because most of the time when I'm, when I think about my contact, I've been wearing contact lenses for my whole life. And uh, I often think about them when they're not working, which is, you know, sometimes if they are giving me some troubles, then I'm getting frustrated. And then the other day I was like, I should actually be grateful for most of the time they actually are working and makes me yeah. see. <laughs> yeah. Appreciate this. Yeah, take for granted right if you don't stop and be grateful for them absolutely absolutely and I think nature I often talk about this that's never a time where I go outside for a walk that I feel worse so it's just it's so good to kind of you just nature just makes you feel so much better and just to move a bit and just the state will just completely change even if you just go for like five or ten minutes around the block just makes such a difference and I often say that all of my ideas are actually coming from when I'm listening to a book and and it has uh, lots of ideas today when I was listening to your book that had nothing to do with your book but just triggers you into a state of inspiration and um, creativity and it's just really good to take that especially in times like this. Absolutely. Well, I highly recommend listening to Phosphorescence as an audiobook. That's how I listened to it. And it did do exactly that. Like it really just sparks ideas inside of you that have really nothing to do with what she's saying, but it's just so inspiring. I love that. I'll start reading that tonight. (laughs) (laughs) So let's talk about taking action. I always say to my community, your dreams will only work if you do the work. But how do you see that as part of your equation? So let's talk about that. I think it's such a big part of the equation. I think self-responsibility is something that we have to enact if we want to be able to manifest the future that we desire. And that's what I believe manifestation is. It's it's getting clarity around what it is that you want and then how you're going to make it happen. And like I said before, a lot of the manifestation texts leave out the action piece, which just kind of blows my mind because manifestation really is this beautiful dance between action and surrender. And I think, I don't know you very well, but I feel like you might be similar to me in this sense, kind of a type personality where taking action isn't actually the hard bit. It's sort of knowing when you've taken enough action and when it's time to just sit back and surrender a little bit. So I think it is this dance between the two, but really If there is something that you want to create in your life, asking yourself, what am I going to do about it? What steps can I take to get there? And once I've done everything that I can, can I sit back and trust, have faith that it will happen? Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. When I came up with my book, Your Dream Life Starts Here, probably three years ago, I was interviewed by a journalist in London and she was comparing my book with The Secret, which I thought was funny, but uh, she was saying, what's the difference? And, and my take of The Secret, which I absolutely loved at the time, was that there was probably missing a little bit of that action piece in that movie or in that book, but I haven't read or seen it for a long time. But you can't just put things on your vision board or just imagine it. You actually do need to take action. And I, and I think I read in your book that you are saying that we should just start small, which is I often talk about just starting is, to, is just gets momentum. So how do you do that when you have a big dream and you're not quite sure how to actually do that dream? How do you go about that? Well, like the tiniest, tiniest action step that I think you can take is saying, okay, well, what I'm going to do today is I'm going to make sure that all of my thoughts are aligned with this intention. And that in itself is action because it's really easy just to go on thinking negative thoughts or thinking opposing thoughts. But if you can take conscious action towards not doing that and catching yourself when you do, that's a really easy baby step. So that's where I start. I'm also a little bit of a planner. So I like to get out a piece of pen and paper or the whiteboard and start writing a list of tiny action steps that I can take. And it might be doing some research. It might be making a phone call. It might be sending an email, asking someone else if they have any contacts or can network or whatever it might be to get me one step closer. Absolutely. I think putting pen to paper, obviously, that's kind of my, my thing. <laughs> yeah, that's your thing. <laughs> <laughs> but I do absolutely believe that. And sometimes just to when you have something, when you, you have a big dream for anyone who has a big dream and have no idea, I find just writing about it, how my life will be when that dream is done. Like all those kind of little journaling things that you can do to kind of just start getting into that space because I think when you have a big dream and you have never done it before self-doubt and you know limited beliefs all those things will naturally come because if you knew how to do it you probably would have done it ages ago so it's starting and thinking on paper and I just feel like I do an exercise each morning based on um, Julia Cameron's book The Artist's Way but I probably don't do it the way she does it because I read it so long ago but I do her three morning pages every morning and it's often about where do I need to focus and what are my struggles and what do I need to get through and it's just a writing it out I just feel it gives you so much clarity. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think I'm not a big journaler myself, but I do know that whenever I do a free writing exercise, it also really allows me to see some of the things that are important to me that weren't sitting in my conscious mind were kind of hanging out in the subconscious, you know, it kind of can bring everything to the forefront. And I think that's really quite telling and really powerful when it comes to manifestation. Yeah, fantastic. So let's go back talking about A-type personalities. So for some, <laughs> <Okay>. of, <laughs> for some of us, and we have quite a few in my community, how do we create more space in our life to do manifest? Look, I think it's different for everybody. And I'm really conscious when I talk about creating space in your life that I don't have kids running around the house taking up space. So I want to be really conscious of the fact that, you know, everybody's leading different lifestyles and has different space awarded to them. But I do think that we all have the ability to create space. And a lot of the time it's by looking at the things in your life 
the unnecessary things in your life that take up space. It could be certain people. It could be certain obligations that you feel like you have that are probably not obligations at all. It could be toxicity that's being taken up at work or at home or, you know, whatever it might be. And really sort of having a look at the things that you can start eliminating from your life that are taking up unnecessary space. The other way of looking at creating space in your life, I guess, is some sort of practice that enables stillness and silence into your life. So for many people, that's a meditation practice. That's what it is for me. And it can be two minutes. It can be five minutes. It can be 20 minutes. It's just as long as you need to be able to find those pockets of stillness and silence in order for new ideas, fresh perspectives, you know, whatever it might be to actually drop in because when we're filling our our lives and our space with lots of stuff, there's no room for the new things that you're trying to manifest to make their way into your life. So being conscious of that. Yeah. Actually, I was going to ask, there's an exercise, I think it's called see the life you want. So if we want to see the life, our dream life and all the things we want to do, you do that exercise. But how do we deal with the things we want to remove from our lives? So for some people, that's a toxic relationship or maybe a job or a person in a job, or maybe it's a family member or something in your life that is harder to remove, you know, like a family member, etc., or a close friend that's been friends forever. Are there some tips for how to go about that? I think it's about having some really clear and healthy boundaries. And I think a lot of us don't. (laughs) Over the years, I've really exercised my right to have boundaries. And I think we all have that right. So it's about taking responsibility. It's not about saying, I can't get away from this person because they're a part of my family. It's about recognizing that you have your own self-sovereignty and that you can limit your interactions. You can limit the amount of energy you allow yourself to give over to somebody else. You can communicate with your words. I feel this way when you do this and really getting clear about how your energy is being utilized by other people and what energetic capacity you have within yourself. And I think the most beautiful thing I've noticed with boundaries is when you set them, people actually not only respect you more for it, but it encourages them to set their own boundaries as well. Yeah, love that. Let's talk about self-love. How can we start practicing more self-love? Self-love has kind of been branded in a way that just makes people's skin crawl for a really long time. So I think the trick to self-love is rebranding it. I've actually just been writing the sequel to Make It Happen, which will be out early next year. And in it, I talk about this idea of love yourself despite. I think what people find really hard about self-love is they say, you know, I can't possibly love this thing about myself. And I say to that, well, what if you decided to love yourself despite that thing that you don't love about yourself? You know, there's so many things that we can say are not perfect or are not what we desire for them to be. But loving yourself isn't a prerequisite for having everything perfect and having everything how you desire. So can you love yourself despite all of those things? And I think when we can start to do that, 
those things actually don't matter so much anymore. So it's just the reframe of what self-love is. You know, I think it gets touted a lot in BuzzFeed articles and women's magazines, you know, drinking green juice and meditating and body brushing is self-love. That's not self-love. Self-love is accepting yourself in the light and also in the dark. It's recognizing that you have strengths and you have weaknesses and embracing both of those things. You know, I think that is true self-love and that's the kind of self-love where you can have an awareness of who you are and making yourself a priority. That's the kind of self-love that makes a difference. Yeah, I love the way you said that because I think the drinking green smoothies and <laughs> and all the massages and stuff that's self-care to me you know but by giving yourself care you're giving yourself love so that's a good thing but I think that the way you explained that was beautiful and I couldn't agree more and it's a great way of looking at it yeah I also think just on that note there's a lot of people that don't like drinking green smoothies and so if you don't like it that's not an act of self-love, you know what I mean, or an act of self-care. So it's just kind of recognising what's true for you, I guess, and not forcing yourself to do certain things because it's been branded as self-love. Absolutely, yeah. For anyone who's listening and is new to manifestation, I think there's like three categories that people would love to have some kind of manifestation practice on. And one would be money, which financial freedom or when you have freedom of money means you have freedom of time. And the other one is love. And the other one is like your dream job or dream career. So those three, like the big three big topics. But for anyone who wants to have a little quick guide to manifestation, what would you tell them in, the, in those kind of three buckets? I would first have a look at what your limiting beliefs are in those three buckets. So for people with money, it's usually that they're in a lack mindset. You know, they don't feel like they have enough or they'll never have enough or looking at what your belief systems are when it comes to money. Same goes with love. Like what are your belief systems around what's possible for you when it comes to relationships and finding love? And, you know, same can be said for, for your career. I think the next thing to have a look at is what the stories are that you tell yourself. So, you know, when it comes to money, what are the stories you tell yourself about money? Is it that, oh, I came from, you know, a lower middle class family, so I'll never have money? Or is it I'm in a certain career and this is the, you know, salary bracket for that career, so I'll never make more than that? The subconscious stories that you're running around money, around love, the things that you're saying the thoughts that you're having. So really getting clear on those sorts of things. And then it's about applying the equation. So setting the intentions that you want around money, setting the intentions that you want around love and career and looking at your thoughts, feelings, actions and faith in those areas. I think the other thing that's really important, especially when it comes to money, and this was the big thing for me, was educating yourself. And that's part of your action step. It's knowing how to manage money because if you can't manage a small amount of money, you're not going to be able to manage a large amount of money when you manifest it, you know? So really educating yourself on how to manage money better. And same goes for love, like educating yourself around relationships and around communication and around how people achieve longevity in their relationships. Because it's one thing to manifest the perfect partner, but you're going to have to know what to do with them when they get there. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Yep. Fantastic. Thank you for sharing that. I think that's really helpful for anyone who wants to get started. So thank you for that. You're talking in your book about alignment. How does it feel in your view to be aligned? 
It's an interesting one. I've I've talked about it in all three of my books and I think it, it is a really hard thing to explain. I think it's down to the individual, but I think when we're in alignment, it's not always that everything just kind of flows effortlessly, but things just feel right. It's an internal feeling. Things do have a little bit more easefulness to them. When you're in alignment, you feel like yourself. It doesn't mean things can't be difficult or tricky, but you feel like yourself the whole time. You feel expanded by experiences. You feel like you're learning and being lifted up. When you're out of alignment, things feel clunky, things feel heavy. You often will feel confused, like you don't really know what's going on. You find it hard to tap into who you are and what you want. And I think that it's recognizing what those feelings are for you. So knowing how it feels when you're in alignment so you can recognize when you're out of it, knowing what it feels like when you're out of it so you can pull yourself back into it. Mm, love that. That's great. Thank you for sharing that. In terms of manifestation, what has been the biggest impact in your life? It's really highlighted the self-awareness work for me, manifestation. I realized that as much as we want to manifest what we want, we're actually manifesting who we are. And in order to manifest who we are, we need to be really aware of who that person is and what that person wants. <laughs> and I think a lot of us aren't. So really what it's done for me is it's made me shine a spotlight on myself and realize that when there's things I want to create in my life, it's up to me to have full awareness of how I'm showing up and how I'm in alignment and how I'm vibrating at a frequency that's going to attract those things to me. So it is self-work, but it's not self-work that's outside of yourself. It's inside of yourself, which I guess, which I guess is why it's called self-work. But it's about looking at who you are and not seeking the external going inside. And when you can do that, really anything is possible. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. I have a habit club where we set a habit for 66 days and then daily it's a Facebook group. So people choose one habit and then they report back and then they share their wins and challenges. What kind of habits have you got that makes your life better? Yeah, that's a really good question. I have a habitual routine, I guess, which is a habit. I have to write in the mornings. I can't write after about midday. My writing brain just switches off. So I get up quite early in the mornings, probably just before six. And then by 6.30, 7 o'clock, I'm sitting at the computer typing away. And I do that every morning. And if I don't get up and do it, then I can't really write that day. So that's a habit that I have. I also, I am an ex-coffee addict and coffee used to be a big part of my mornings. I'll have one every now and then now, but I've replaced it by making myself a really beautiful, slowly brewed chai tea on the stove every morning. And so that's a non-negotiable habit for me. It kind of sets me up for the day, not from like a caffeine hit perspective, but just the ritual of like slowing down, enjoying the brewing process on the stove enjoying savoring it, pouring it from the teapot, you know, like really taking that time in the mornings. I love that. It's funny because um, I'm a coffee addict still. <laughs> I do every quarter, I do a detox, so I kind of get rid of it. But then I, it's something that I look forward to so oh, much. I get it. I miss it so much. I love it. And sometimes I think, you know, that's what gets me, you know, I love getting up early and it's what gets me is so excited. And my morning, my morning ritual is um, 
so special to me. It's when I spend the time to think and write and really be creative. So I can so relate to your writing in the morning. So thank you for sharing that. (laughs) You're welcome. So are there any dreams that you are currently working on? Yeah, I want to finish this book. I'm finishing it this week, actually. So it's called Make You Happen. So it's the sequel to Make It Happen. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, so that's really exciting. But after I finish this book, my dream is actually to write a novel, write a fiction book. So that's what I'll be diving into next. That's kind of what I'm working on. And and I'm really excited about that because I've never written fiction before. It's a new terrain for me. It almost feels like starting from scratch as a writer, which is which is really exciting, I think. Yeah, absolutely. How exciting. That's amazing. I can't wait. I'll definitely have you back to talk about your new book and help you promote that one um, in the new year. So good luck. Are you publishing with the same publisher? I've actually got a new publisher. Yeah, I switched publishers this year. So I'm now with Affirm Press, which is a wonderful independent publisher in Melbourne. I'm excited to publish with them this year. Oh, fantastic. Can't wait. Can't wait. And I can't wait to read, obviously, your fiction books as well. So, oh, thank you. (laughs) Here's hoping. (laughs) Before we finish up, there's a couple of things I just want to ask. For anyone who are feeling that they need to restart their life, like things have changed, obviously, with the last couple of years been challenging for most people, for some more than others, obviously. So for anyone who just wants to start again, what would you tell that person to just be like, let's just restart and make the rest of your life the best of your life? Yeah, well, not to plug my own work, but this new book, Make You Happen, is the best place to start. It's all about self-awareness. And and I think, you know, if you can't wait till May next year, then look at who you are now. Like, get really curious about who you identify as, how you feel things, how you communicate in the world, how you expend and recharge your energy. Just getting really curious about who you are. So, once you know yourself intimately, you can take that authenticity, that alignment out into the world and create things that are true to you. And I think a lot of us have had to re-question sort of who we are, you know, over the last couple of years with everything that the world's gone through. So sort of knowing that you're not alone in doing that. And the only way you're going to figure out what it is you want to do in your life really is to figure out what lights you up. Yeah, I'm taking notes here too. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Always lots of lots of ideas when I do my podcast. It's amazing. I always encourage my little community to ask themselves, what would you what would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? Because I think sometimes we are so into what we have done in the past or what we think we're good at, or maybe what our teachers, parents or society think we're good at. And one thing that came up for me, you know, English being a second language, having a podcast for terrifying for me and because I'm also very you know I do take notes and things I was like I wonder if I I will remember all the questions etc but it's been one of the best things that I've ever done because that's how I get to meet people just like you yeah. So yeah and one thing I wanted to touch on that you said before that I I did forget about but I did write a note was to manifesting by the moon chart so so just talk a little bit because we haven't had anyone talk about that on the podcast so that will be something uh, really interesting for the listeners no doubt 
Yeah, so I I run a podcast called Lunar Lover and a membership program actually called Lunar Lover where we follow the moon. We talk about the new moon and the full moon, but there's actually eight moon phases. And I think the most beautiful thing about the moon is that it's it's a reminder that everything in the universe moves in cycles and moves from darkness to light. And I think, you know, it's a good metaphor for our lives. You know, when you're in those moments of darkness, knowing that everything, including us, moves in a cycle and light is inevitable. No matter how long you're sitting there, light is on the way. It always has to be. And the moon is just a really beautiful reminder of that. It's split into the waning phases and the waxing phases of the moon. And during the waxing phases, which goes from the new moon, which is the start of the lunar cycle, to the full moon, we've got this sort of like creative energy, this increased energy, the energy is building. And so at that time, it's a really beautiful time for creation, for manifestation. And then as the moon hits its fullness, it starts waning, it starts disappearing until it turns into a dark moon before it becomes a new moon again. And this is our time to surrender. This is our time to release and let go, perhaps hand things over to the universe for a little bit. And then we can rebuild our energy again so that when we hit that new moon, it's time to manifest. We can't be in action all the time. We can't be in surrender all the time. We have to recognize that everything, including us and our manifesting efforts, moves in cycles. It's just what's so beautiful about the moon. And it gives us this opportunity to manifest every month and see how our manifestations move within that cycle. I love that. Thank you for explaining that. As we are finishing up, I just want to ask a couple of questions. One is I'm an avid reader and I absolutely love reading. (laughs) And I read a lot of different uh, things. I love for you to share your favorite books that had the most impact on you? (laughs) I talk about this all the time. People just like hate me for it, but I don't read a lot of personal development or self-help books, which annoys people because I write them, but I don't really read them. I'm such an avid fiction reader. And I think that there's some fiction books that have had like a profound impact on my life. And one of those is Jitterbug Perfume by Tom Robbins. It's a really beautiful book. It's kind of a fantasy of sorts, I guess. But what I love about Jitterbug Perfume is the melodic nature of his writing. He he really writes with this kind of very Tom Robbins type sort of cadence and rhythm and it's influenced my writing so much. Like during the editing process of Make It Happen and Higher Love, my editor tried to take words out of certain sentences And I was like, you you actually can't do that. Like it's throwing the entire rhythm of the sentence off. That book changed my life because it, it made me really sort of attached to everything, hearing the melody of a sentence as it comes out. But when it comes to nonfiction, I mean, look, I have read a few. I would say probably Women Who Run With Wolves was a big one for me and Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. I haven't read Women Who Runs With Wolves. I'm writing that down and I'll add that to the show notes as well. But I think Big Magic is is so good because it really got me taking action on some of the chicks. And it was a long time ago that I read it. I think I need to reread it. But when there is creativity coming and you just have these ideas, I just want to take action on it now because otherwise they disappear to someone else. You know, when you say like, oh, I thought of that, I should have done that. And then it's like, now if I really want to make it happen. Yeah, you've got to do it now. <laughs> which is sometimes hard for someone who has a million ideas and a bit of an A-type personality. So, but it's exciting and that's what gets me out of bed each morning. So I want to finish with a question that I ask everyone. 
if you know what you know now, what would you say to your younger self in your teens? I would tell her to trust herself more. We all have an innate, strong intuition. And I think over the years, we start to dull it out by looking externally for all of the answers. And I think when we're kids, our intuition is super strong. And then we teach ourselves that we don't actually know best. Everyone else knows better than us. So I feel like if I had trusted my intuition from an earlier age, it would have benefited me in ways that I didn't allow it to benefit me until a lot later in life. Mm. I think most people can relate to that in, in, you know, in some ways because I think we do look for the answer outside of us so, so much. And I think if we spend more time inwards, we definitely have a lot of wisdom there and experience throughout our lives. So that's a good one. Thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. Well, this has been so inspiring. I am sure our listeners will be more into manifestation. I, I actually did share with a friend the other day that the house that we currently live in, I manifested that without actually believing we could find it. So everything I wanted, I wrote down over and over and over. And then I took action and told the agents which area and what kind of house and they they laughed because they said, that's kind of impossible. And I said, it's always seems impossible until it's done. Everything that you shared today has been so helpful and it's definitely helpful for my dream life community. So thank you for first coming on the podcast. I have added you to my list of people to meet one day. So I'll definitely be in touch when I'm in your area. We can go for a walk. And secondly, um, Thank you for sharing all the wisdom with us, but also in all your amazing books. And I'm super excited to have you back when you release your other book. Oh, thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure being on the podcast. Thank you. Oh, that was such an inspiring conversation and so much to consider and, of course, to implement. Please let me know what you think and, most importantly, what you will take action on. I would love to hear it, so let me know in the Dream Life Podcast Facebook group. If you're not already in the group, I will link to it in the show notes. I am super excited about the next quarter because I'm going to do the online course, Your Dream Life Starts Here as well. And by doing all the work now, I will be ready and have clarity of what dreams I will be focusing on for 2022. I can't wait. I hope you are excited to do the same. Until next week dream big.